Guys, welcome to Better Bachelor. This is Joker with a face for radio and a voice for print. Tonight we're going to talk, I got scooped on a story. Um, So uh, yesterday a story came out and um, there's a couple other channels that already beat me to it. They're news channels. Um, One was uh, Tim Cast, uh, Tim Poole. He writes, um, or he does American politics. So most of you across the seas probably haven't caught it. But a lot of Americans do watch Tim. He's got about a million followers between both his channels. And I picked out this story yesterday, and he went and did it before me. So most of my viewers here in the United States have probably seen part of this. Uh, so I'm not going to focus on the part he uh, he focused on. I'm going to focus on a different part of it. But I'll tell you the gist of it here. So let me get recording here. And so media media uh, wrote a, a story about um from mike tunison and it says hi i'm on the crappy media men's list but it may but maybe you already knew that and and what he's talking about is there's a list that a female journalist came up with that was supposed to be quietly on the web where women could go and post stories of uh, harassment that they had received from other journalists or from other media members and that way they knew to avoid um, these people in the media. The problem is that number one, it, it got way more popular than she ever thought. Number two, it hit mainstream media. And number three, apparently it's accusing people that never did anything wrong. Now we know many times that guys are blamed for things that they didn't do. And it, it happens for multitude of reason. But on this particular document, I think it happened as a little bit of virtual signaling, a little bit of, of, Hey, I'm a victim too. pay attention to me, so on and so forth. It's not to say all the stories aren't, but none of these none of these accusations have been vetted through a court of law. And this is where we start getting into like the, you know, Fahrenheit 451 or 1984, some of the dystopian nightmare future type novels that you can read about, where everything is controlled by, um, not through a court system, but by through public perception. It's already happening in China, as a matter of fact, so... So I'm going to read just a couple paragraphs of the story, and then I'm going to move over to the original, her original story about the document. So Mike Tunison writes, uh, Hi, I'm on the crappy media men's list, but maybe you knew that already, or maybe you already knew that. He says, Last spring during my first week on the janitorial staff at Dave & Buster's. Now you notice he said janitorial staff. It's because he can't work in media anymore because he's been blacklisted. I struck up a conversation with a co-worker who had served 17 years in prison. Swapping life stories, I sheepishly divulged that I used to work for the Washington Post, that I had a book published by HarperCollins, and that I spent years as the top editor of a popular website. He fixed a look at me and said, so what are you doing here? He asked. For the life of me, I couldn't begin to explain. How could I describe how I was fortunate enough in 2006 to be able to afford a one-bedroom condo at the age of 24, yet that today I feel trapped in that space with the mortgage still underwater? I could adequately explain how I went from having a life and a career I felt proud of to being publicly shamed by my peers and punished for things that I didn't do. In October 2017, I was one of roughly 70 men included in this crappy media men's list, a crowdsourced spreadsheet of anonymous, unvetted allegations of misconduct and assault. 
No words can describe my astonishment and horror at finding myself accused of harassment, stalking, and physical intimidation. Even more agonizing was seeing the supposedly private listing, allegedly intended as a whisper network warning among trusted insiders, swiftly leaked to the public initially on the website of conservative activist Mike Cernovich's and later on other outlets and social media. The damage to my career seemed equally swift. In the decade leading up to the list, my work was regularly published by more than a dozen outlets, and I was frequently offered work. After the leak, that work screeched to a stop. Today, I write for only one outlet I previously contributed to, income that covers only a few small bills. I've applied for hundreds of conventional office jobs, ranging from PR administration assistant to technical writing, in in an effort to avoid a bankruptcy that could hurt my family members whose finances are linked to mine. Yet employers don't seem to view the four years I spent creating, organizing, running a popular blog as applicable experience. Most days, it's difficult to envision a path back to decent life. So here we've got a gentleman that, again, he alleges nothing happened, that he's been wrongfully put on this list, and he's innocent. The thing is that there is no proof of him doing anything other than somebody alleging he did. And as we've talked about in many multiple stories and many times in many allegations, these can oftentimes turn out to be a form of revenge. Uh, if somebody, if he was a senior to somebody in another position and they wanted his position, it could be used against him in that, in that manner. And perhaps maybe he did do something wrong. Again, perhaps but nothing in the court of law, nothing that was ever taken to any type of case. So he has no right to defend himself. He's just put on this slander list and then it's floated to the public. And so let's take a look again. uh, If if you look at Timcast, T-I-M-C-A-S-T, Timcast here on Yahoo or (laughs) Timcast here on YouTube. uh, He, he did a little bit longer story about this particular article here. I don't want to focus on that, but I wanted to give you a gist of what happened to this guy before we move on to the woman that wrote the actual article or the actual list. And this is her justification for it. I'm sure you'll find issues with it as I do. It says, I started the media men's list. My name is Moira Dunnigan. So the other story was like one day old. And that's why I got scooped on it, which is also why I sometimes get older stories because it's happened to me three times this week. Um, Coach, I love Coach, um, Coach Greg Adams, but there was actually a topic I was going to do and and he did it like two days ago. So I'm going to put that on the back burner for a little bit because I know a lot of you guys watch both our channels and I don't want to seem to hammer the same topics as everybody else does. So I try to mix it up a little bit. Um, So that's why I'm doing this other part of this story. So uh, Mara writes, in October, and this is going back to 2018, in October, I created a Google spreadsheet called the Crappy Media Men that collected a range of rumors and allegations of misconduct much of it violent by men in magazines and publishing. The anonymous crowdsourced document was a first attempt at solving what has seemed like an intractable problem, how women can protect ourselves from harassment and assault. One way you can do that is by going and telling your boss. If the boss doesn't do anything at that point, um, I don't know which direction you take it, but to slander someone's name online with no criminal case, um, I, I, I got nothing. I mean, that's not a way you can do this. You have to look for other options other than just because what if men put a list out there that said um, these are here's a list of all the easy women that I've worked with and men were adding names and places where you could go and see these women and and information about them. The, the media would have a nightmare because they'd say, well, none of this is proven and you're outing women and it's wrong. Well, same thing goes when you do it to men. But again, society doesn't really think that way, does it? 
Let's continue on. One long-standing partial remedy that women have developed is the whisper network. Informal alliances that pass on open, open secrets and warn women away from serial assaulters. Many of these networks have been invaluable in protecting their members. Still, whisper networks are social alliances. As such, they're unreliable. They can be elitist or just insular. Shocking. As Jenna Wortham pointed out in the New York Times Magazine, they are also prone to exclude women of color. Fundamentally, a whisper network consists of private conversations, and the document that I created was meant to be private as well. It's, it was active for only a few hours, during which it spread much further and much faster than I ever anticipated. And in the end, one, the once private document was made public, first when its existence was revealed in a BuzzField article by Dory Shafir, then when the document itself was posted on Reddit. So you're going to tell me you put something on a whisper network that was designed for journalists and you didn't think someone was going to do a story on it. You're not very, very thinking. You're not thinking very far ahead. I was kind in my statement. A slew of think pieces ensued with commentators, uh, commentators alternately condemning the document as reckless, malicious, or puritanically anti-sexist. Many called the document irresponsible, emphasizing that since it was anonymous, false accusations could be added without consequence. Exactly what I said. Now, I haven't read through this whole article, so there may be points that I say, and then right behind it, they either um, are contra- contrary or they agree with me. I, I, I only went through the very top of it to make sure it was the right article. Others said that it ignored established channels in favor of what they thought was vigilantism and that they felt uncomfortable that it contained allegations of both violent assaults and inappropriate messages. Still, other people saw it as as catty and mean, something like a burn book from Mean Girls. And I didn't see the movie, but I get the the concept. Uh, Because the document circulated among writers and journalists, many of the people assigned to write about it had received it from friends. Some faced the difficult experiences of seeing other male friends named. Many commentators expressed sympathy with the aims of the document, women warning women, trying to help one another, but thought that its technique was too radical. They objected to the anonymity or to the digital format or to writing these allegations down at all. Eventually, some media companies conducted investigations into employees who appeared on the spreadsheet. Some of these men left their jobs or were fired. Now, let's just take, for example... um, we we haven't really classified what is harassment here. Is it being asked out by an unattractive guy? Women will sometimes call that harassment, even though it really isn't. Um, if somebody is inappropriately comments to you, most human resources departments have a, a what's the word I'm looking for? They have a requirement that you ask them to stop. Then if it continues on, then you have an harassment case. We don't know it, we don't know anything that happened on any of these that are accused. Furthermore, if they were actually violent, if if these people were violent with them, you writing this little list doesn't really do much to protect people other than outing them. What you should go do in that case is go and and file a criminal report with the police. Then a proper investigation can be done, and if they have done something wrong, if they have done something wrong, they can be brought in front of the court of law, not the court of public opinion, where nothing can actually happen. And this is the same thing that happens with all the Title IX stuff that I talk about in the colleges. There's no actual criminal investigation. They just do a well. It's the it's the it's what public feels about it, and there's no. There's no defense for anybody in that case. She continues on. None of this was what I thought was going to happen. 
In the beginning, I only wanted to create a place for women to share their stories of harassment and assault without being needlessly discredited or judged. The hope was to create an alternate avenue to report this kind of behavior and warn others without fear of retaliation. Here's the thing. In, in this, We keep hearing that women say, well, I was afraid there was going to be retaliation or I might be outed or people might come against me. The truth of it is now in the last few years, I mean, even when it's false allegations of assault on men and men are put to prison, when men get out and they find, they find out that the women were lying, still nothing happens to the women. So how you were going, you're going to claim that you were afraid of backlash when there's very rarely any cases of backlash against a false a- accusation? Mm, I don't think you're being genuine here. To me, this sounds more like a hit list. And again, that's just my opinion. I have no documentation either way. She continues on. Uh, too often for someone looking to report an incident or to make a habitual behavior stop, all the available options are bad ones. The police are notoriously inept at handling uh, assault cases. Human resource departments and offices that have them are tasked not with protecting employees, but shielding the company from liability, meaning that the in the frequent occasion that offender is offending member is of management and the victim is not HR's priorities lie with the accused. I, I, I disagree. I disagree completely. There are so many times that men are ousted from positions, especially positions of power. I mean, it, CEOs of companies have stepped down. Um, you look at the whole the whole movement with uh, uh, what's going on in Hollywood right now. I disagree. I I do not I do not think that's being accurate at all. I mean, statistics and the web being full of these these stories uh, kind of goes against your narrative here. Again, just my opinion, but I'm not I'm not feeling it. Human resource, uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, when reporting channel, when the, a reporting channel has infu- enforced power, like an HR department or the police, it also has an obliga- obligation to presume innocence. In contrast, the value of the spreadsheet was that it had no enforcement mechanisms. Without legal authority or professional power, it offered an impartial rather than adversarial tool to those who used it. It was intended specifically not to inflict consequences, not to be a weapon, and yet once it became public, it many people immediately saw it as exactly that. Listen to your own words here. When a reporting channel is enforced, has an enforcement power like an HR department or the police, it also has an obligation to presume innocence. Of course it does. That's how the law works. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said it is better to let uh, 100 uh, guilty I don't remember if this is exactly right. It's here. I got it on another web tab here. It is better 100 guilty persons should escape than one innocent person should suffer. So here you're saying, well, let's not bother with the law, you know, and process and assuming that the the person I'm accusing is innocent. You should just believe me because, you know, why should, why should you feel that I'm, I'm not being honest now? Maybe she, maybe she was being honest. But, but when you just have a list like this that you can make anything up, of course some people are going to bludgeon it like a tool. And and that's obviously what happened, I think. So she didn't, she, with her own foresight, she admits that, well, I don't want any, you know, I don't want any legality or, or to assume these people are innocent. They're guilty, no matter what anybody writes on here. And so that's why we can share it around. And we know, again, again, we know from social media that people will write things 
because they want to hide something from somebody else or they want to get revenge or they want to feel like they're virtue signaling and they want to get attention. I mean, we know this happens. So to assume this would be any different is foolhardy at best. She continues on, recent months have made it clear that no amount of power or money can shield a woman from misconduct. But like me, many of the women who use the spreadsheet are particularly vulnerable. We are young, new to the industry, and not yet influential in our fields. Who are you kidding? It's tw- This is, what, late 2018, I think? All right, women, women hold all the power in journalism. They hold all the power in journalism. And anytime an accusation comes up, the women are believed, especially in the far-left journalistic world. So to play victim, you're gaslighting. You're simply gaslighting by, by pretending to be a victim in this case. Not buying it, sorry. Uh, as we have seen time after time, there can be great social and professional consequences for women who come forward, such as, let's, so, let's maybe put some examples in this article. Because every time I've seen a woman accuse anyone of anything, the woman's believed and the guy's tossed under the bus. And even when in by the law, he's proven to be innocent, he's still guilty in public opinion. And, and that's the end for him. For us, the risks of using any of the established means of reporting were especially high and the chance of justice especially slim. She's just pulling stuff out of her backside, I think. When I began working in magazines as a new college graduate graduate in 2013, I was uh, furtively warned away from several of my industry's most well-known abusers. Over the inter- that why hasn't anybody done anything about it then? Take it to the law. Uh, I met these characters in various guises. There was the hard-drinking edi- editor who had worked all the most prestigious editorial departments who would down whiskeys until he was drunk enough to mention that he could help your career if you slept with him. There was the editor who would learn- lean in too close but who was funny enough that he would often charm women into consensual encounters that were rumored to turn abruptly, frighteningly violent. That's where you get the police involved. That's what they're there for. You don't quietly sneak off into the light night and make some blacklist about it. Let the law take care of this. This is what it's there for. And and then at the point where the if the law hasn't handled it, you file a civil lawsuit. That's what they're there for. Last summer, I saw two of the most notorious of these men clutching beers and laughing together at a party for a magazine in Brooklyn. Doesn't everybody know about them? Another woman whispered to me. I can't believe they're still invited to these things. But of course, we would believe it. By then, we'd become resigned to knowledge that men like them uh, were invited everywhere. The spreadsheet was intended to circumvent all of this. Anonymous, it would protect its users from retaliation but not the accused. No one could be fired, harassed, or publicly smeared for telling her story when that story was not attached to her name. Okay, slow down there, uh, Chief. No one could be fired, harassed, or publicly smeared, except the victim, except the, the, the people that you are saying perpetrated this stuff. Now they're the victims. They have no rights to defend themselves. But you as an anonymous whistleblower can, and you can say anything you want. This just sounds like a hit list to me. Open sourced, it would theoretically be accessible to women who didn't have a professional or social cachet required for admittance into whisper networks. The spreadsheet did not ask how women responded to men's appropriate behavior. It did not ask what you were wearing or whether you'd had anything to drink. Instead, the spreadsheet was made a presumption that is still seen as radical. That is men, not women, who are responsible for men's misconduct. This is not radical. Where are you coming from? 
Of course, men are held responsible for their, their misconduct constantly. As a matter of fact, in many cases where men haven't done any misconduct, they're still held for an alleged misconduct. Now, look, yes, there are guys out there that, that do ill-behaved things. And yes, some of them get away with it. That happens. And I understand that. And that, that sucks. And yes, you want to warn coworkers and people around that person. I understand that too. But to go through and pretend like the law, that public opinion, that the court, that no one, no one in, in 2018 defends the women, they just take the guy. This isn't 1960s anymore. It's 19, it's 2018. I mean, women are believed even when they're on video doing, you know, even when the men are, are shown on video being innocent, they're still, they're still really have to think hard about blaming the guy. I don't know where they're going with this, but ridiculous. There were pitfalls. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, the document was indeed vulnerable to false accusations. Ooh, there's a surprise. Uh-oh, now let's slow down though. Let me let me not get ahead of myself because she does say here a concern a concern I took seriously. Okay, let, my bad. Let's see what she did about this. I added a disclaimer to the top of the spreadsheet. This document is only a collection of misconduct allegations and rumors. Take everything with a grain of salt. Oh, there we go. Whew. Good thing you put that in there. That boy that solved all your problems. Case closed. <laughs> Unbelievable. I sympathized with a desire to be careful, even as all the available information suggests that false allegations are rare. So it's okay. What if 10% are on there? Put 70 names on there. What if seven guys never did anything and you ruined their careers and you ruined their livelihood and you ruined something they went to college for and had a passion for and they never did a thing and now they're like this other guy working at a Dave and Buster's never to write an article again. That's okay. That's, I mean, small price to pay. So women don't have to be, you know, judged poorly or, or be, be harassed. So let's just ruin, you know, guys' lives. That's fine. That's okay. The spreadsheet only had the power to inform women of allegations that were being made and to trust them to judge the quality of that information for themselves and to make their own choices accordingly. This too it still is still seen as radical. The idea that women are skeptical, that we can think and judge and choose for ourselves what to believe and what not to. How are you supposed to judge it when you just put it on a list? Nevertheless, when I first shared the spreadsheet among my women friends and colleagues, it took on the intense sincerity of our most uh, intimate conversations. Women began to anonymously add their stories of assault. Many of the accounts posted there were violent, de detailed, and difficult to read. Women uh, recounted being beaten, drugged, and assaulted. But again, no police involvement because the men might be uh, presumed to be innocent. If they were really that bad, look, that's awful. I get that. If it really happened to you, I feel awful. And this the, the perpetrator should be held to the full account of the law. But you didn't go to the law. You never thought about going to the law. You just put it on a list. So again, it's all hearsay. Women were counted being followed into bathrooms or threatened with weapons. If there's, seriously, if there are this many journalist wackos, they need to, to serve jail time. They need to go to court. Why let them keep running around? And, and if, if no one knows about this little whisper list of yours, who knows, maybe he's doing something too, uh, that's bad to a, a spouse or a child, or they need to go face prison. 
unless they really didn't do it or unless you don't want an investigation into it. Then let's just use a whisper list. You see how this can backfire. If, if some of the men are innocent, then, then you have no leg to stand on. Women recount, okay, let's see. Um, many women recounted being groped at work, showing a, a colleague's junk. Whether the, the cells, wa- watching the cells populate, populate, it rapidly became clear that many of us had weathered more than we were willing to admit to one another. There was the sense that the capacity for honesty long suppressed had finally been unleashed. The, solidar- the solidarity was thrilling, but the stories were devastating. I realized that the behavior of a few men I had want I realized the behavior of a few men I had wanted women to be warned about was far more common than I ever imagined. This is what shocked me about the spreadsheet, the realization of how badly it was needed, how much more common the experience of harassment or assault is, and the opportunity to speak about it. I am still trying to grapple with this realization. Again, none of these guys are going to face any criminal prosecution, so you just let a bunch of madmen go free. But then again, you also persecuted innocent ones. This this really, really, you guys know me as pretty chill and pretty calm, and I just read stuff, but this really agitates me because it, it becomes like a blacklist. And it, it be, it's like what they did with uh, McCarthyism back in, what was it, the 50s here in the U.S.? You just, you, you claim that everybody is, is a uh, socialist and, and or a communist, and then all of a sudden you have to go through these trials, and there's no way to prove yourself innocent. Over the course of the evening, the spreadsheet expanded further. Now, you remember at the beginning where she said it was up just a couple of hours, and then she quickly pulled it down? Over the course of the evening, the spreadsheet expanded further. Many of the incidents reported there were physical, but also accounts of uh, bad remarks, persistent inappropriate passes, unsolicited drunken messages. There was an understanding of the ways that less grave incidents can sometimes bring harbingers of more aggressive actions to come, how they can accrue into the sourced, uh, soured relationships and hostile environments. For clarity, I imposed a system that was visibly distinguished violent accusations from others. So she took the time to go in there and start changing things to where this is violent, this is not. But remember, it was only up a couple hours. That was it. Uh, For clarity, I imposed, uh, let's see, uh, one man had been accused of physical assault by more than one woman. His name was highlighted in red. No one confused a crude remark for assault. And efforts were made to contextualize the incidents with notes. A spreadsheet allows for all of this information to be organized and included. But the premise was accepted that all of these behaviors were things that might make someone uncomfortable and that individuals should be able to choose for themselves whether behavior, what behavior they would tolerate and what they would rather avoid. Unbelievable. I took the spreadsheet offline after about 12 hours. I was pretty sure she said just a couple hours at the beginning of this article. When a friend alerted me that Shafir would soon be publishing an article at BuzzFeed, making the document's existence public. By then, the spreadsheet had gone viral. I had imagined the document that would assemble a collective unspoken knowledge of misconduct that was shared by women in my circles. When I, what I got instead was a much broader reckoning with abuses of power that spanned an industry. By the time I had to take the document down, more than 70 men had been named on the version I was managing. Other versions assembled after that spreadsheet was taken offline apparently later. The men ranged, ranged in age from their 20s to their 60s, and 14 had been highlighted in red to, den- to denote more than one accusation of assault. 
Some have expressed doubts about the veracity of the claims in the document, but it's impossible to deny the extent and severity of the harassment problem in media if you believe even a quarter of the claims that made it on the spreadsheet. For my part, I believe significantly more than that. I can't pretend that the spreadsheet... Okay, where are you going with this lady? Uh, all right, she continues on and just blathers on that, you know, more more of the same, basically. So, But you, you get the idea. So... You know, here we have here we have an instance where it's it's okay to just make a blacklist and spread it around an in- industry, and I want you to to understand the consequences to these people's lives without any proof or anything. You've torn their lives apart. Now, let's take the opposite, not exactly the opposite, but let's say men put out a list of all the easy secretaries that they worked with, and that got spread around. Okay. No one had to prove anything. No one had to provide any photos or any anything. They just were passing names and all all the thing and other guys verified it. And somehow this leaked out. Okay. Now you might say, well, this would damage women's careers, or this is incredibly embarrassing for these women, even if it's true, or so on and so on and so forth. This is just this is not right. Well, what do you think you're doing here to the guys? Not only are you now going a little bit further than just embarrassment. Now you're, you're shooing them out of an industry. And a Google search, if it comes up with other stories written about these guys or comes up with a list itself, could ruin future employment, dating. You've, you can literally ruin their lives from this with no accountability. So you see, the only way that you can protect yourself from this kind of slander and this kind of crap is by not working closely with women. And, you know, a lot of times we, we, you know, you know, we get called names and we're, we're, we said, well, this doesn't happen that often, but 70 names in, in media, uh, that populated just within a few hours, whether real or not, either tells you number one, it's not an industry you want to work in, but number two, would, what would happen if this circulated about a particular company that you work for? This is why the men that are mentoring women have either refused or they, they will not have a woman or, or a meeting with woman, a woman in private anymore. This is why after work functions, men are not participating in anymore. Men are genuinely afraid of these consequences. And so that an innocent guy, when there's a chance that an innocent man can be accused of any of this, he's not going to want to throw his career away for even having the a moment alone to where a woman could have a, a chance to say that something like this happened. And this is why men are more and more separating themselves from women in society, in work, in dating, in everything. And you can't help it because because if you get caught out in something like this, it is over for you. And there's no chance to defend yourself. You're at the mercy of public opinion. And unlike what this uh, Moira seems to believe, if you're accused... You're done. And that's all it takes is an accusation. Guys, if you'd like to support my work, links are below. Thank you so much for those of you that have. The best way you can support my work is to like, comment, and share. Um, Because of the words I use in these documents, most of them get demonetized. So if I can't at least make a couple of bucks on the video, at least share it out there and, and get this out so other people are aware of it. Get some comments down there. I like to hear what you guys say about it. And of course, like it. So maybe we can share this with more guys out there. I will leave it there. Gentlemen, this is Better Bachelor. I am Joker. And remember, the wise warrior avoids the battle. Mm